This morning we're going to be talking about one spirit, as Linroy hinted. Here is the verse that God has given us for this series out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's verse 12 and it says that our bodies have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body when they are all put together. And so it is with the body of Christ. And God has spoken to us over the past two weeks how that, firstly, the church, we are the body of Christ. Many, many, many very, very different parts. But one body. And last week God spoke to us how that within the church, within the body, He has placed one purpose. And that one purpose is this, that we glorify God. I remember a a time when Jesus was, was praying. And he said these words to his father. He says, I have glorified you here on earth. And I've read that many times and and I've, I've thought many times, my, how wonderful it would be to, to know that you're coming to the end of your, your time on earth. To know that God is getting ready to welcome you into the, 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 the courts of heaven. And you're able to honestly and openly before God say, Father, By the power of your Holy Spirit, I have glorified you here on earth. I don't think that just has to be a dream, my friends. I honestly believe that as we submit, surrender, and yield ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit, that we can do, as Youngman led us in song this morning, we can say, I have fought the good fight I have run the race. I have kept the faith. And that's not just talking about just holding on. Jesus didn't just make it. It wasn't touch and go. It wasn't questionable because his life was fully yielded to the work of God within him. And saying, I fought the good fight. I'm a wounded soldier. I almost died The enemy almost got me. I just made it to the end of the race. That's not what what God has for us. What God has for us is that we can say, God, I've, I've glorified you by the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. I've fulfilled the purpose for your that you have for my life. Let's not just dream about it. Let's not just read. Paul saying that as he writes to Timothy and say, well, that's the apostle, of course. He he was expected to do that. It's not about what's expected of us. It's what God has made possible. And my friends, the enemy has been defeated. Your sin has been completely taken away. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. 
we can fulfill God's purpose for our life. And I'm not just talking about one day in the future. My friends, I'm talking about today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God has given us. The Bible says we do not have tomorrow. We, we plan, but the Bible says, say if the Lord wills. We're not chasing a destiny. We're not chasing a dream. I'm not chasing a destiny. I'm not chasing a dream. My friends, I get up every morning and I commit my life to the Lord and I say, Lord, today have your will in my life. And every day I seek to fulfill the purpose of God. And we as the body of Christ... Oh, that we could say, I've fought the fight. I've kept the faith. I've run the race. As a body of Christ, we can say, I've glorified you. That's what we've been called to do. And today, the Lord is going to help us by his spirit. As, as he opens up his word to us, he's going to bring such, such powerful revelation to our hearts that we can see not not only how we are one, regardless of culture and nationality and also age. God is preparing our hearts for integrate, of course. But we will see how that as one, as one, we can fulfill the purposes of God. Let, me, let us read together these verses out of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Here Paul calls himself a prisoner. You say, I I thought we were free, not a prisoner in chains, but one who is a bond slave, one who chooses to be united and bound by the Holy Spirit to the very heartbeat of God. He says, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. How many bodies? What's it called? The church. What's it called? The body of Christ, there's one. There is one body, one church. We've seen over the last two weeks that you and I have been baptized, immersed, made one, joined to, to the extent that we have become one. You want to be thankful that your ear considers itself to be one with the rest of your body and doesn't start to do its own thing or your knee. And we need to see ourselves exactly like that. One body, one Holy Spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord Master, 
One faith. One baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all. Listen. And in you all. Now let's let the Holy Spirit speak to us. I've called our first point a heart checkup. If you were following the prayer notes during the past seven days, you may think, I've had, I've had heart checkup enough for a while here. <laughs> oh, you can never, never have your heart checked too many times by God. David prayed this, or he wrote this in Psalm 139. He said, search my heart, O Lord. But I don't think he just said that once. I think that was part of his regular conversation with God. Search my heart. Check my heart out. Oh God. And I would recommend strongly that that becomes part of our genuine desire in our relationship with God. Lord, check my heart out. And let's find, find out what these instructions of Paul are. He says, he says, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. He says, with all lowliness. What does that mean? It means with humility. It means not esteeming or thinking or considering us me to be better or more important or of greater value than anyone else. And neither does it mean that we put ourselves down. That is not lowliness. That's not God lowliness where we think I'm a failure. I'm useless. I can't sort my own life out. I'm no good God doesn't really love me. I'm just useless. That's not lowliness. That's actually called believing the lies of the devil. And that is very, very destructive. And listen, listen to me. It is not just destructive for you as an individual when you think and believe that. Because that will grab hold of your heart. It will cause your heart to become hard. And you say, well, it won't become hard towards God because I'm just hard on myself. If you don't believe what God says, your heart is becoming hard to him. It's becoming resistant. God says you are his child and he loves you. So when we refuse to believe that and refuse to accept it, our heart becomes, our heart becomes hard and that's going to affect the body of Christ. Lowliness is not false humility. It's not pushing ourselves down and, and degrading ourselves. It is simply recognizing that with each other in the body of Christ, we are one. Different responsibilities, but one body. He talks about gentleness. Sometimes gentleness can be misinterpreted to mean weakness. Gentleness 
is kindness. It's where we're thoughtful of one another. In the body of Christ, we are not lone rangers. We are not individual, standalone members. Because the Holy Spirit, listen, baptizes, immerses us into the body of Christ and makes us one. And so, how we treat each other, how we respond to one another, how we embrace or we resist one another, again, directly affects each other. You know, I look around and I say this so often, what God is working in our local church here is so beautiful because I don't think we could be more different in terms of culture and nationality. And yet, can you see how God is joining our hearts as one? And I say, let us embrace the differences in generations in the same way. It might stretch our hearts a little bit. It might challenge us a little bit. But let's seek, because we are one with our younger brothers and sisters, let's also seek to express that gentleness, that kindness to them. It carries on and says, long-suffering. Long-suffering, patience. A lady went forward to be prayed for by her pastor once, and he says, what would you like me to pray for you, sister? She said, I would like for the Lord." To bless me with patience. And so he started to pray for her. And he says, Lord, I pray that you will bring tribulation into my sister's life. And the lady stopped her pastor praying and said, Pastor, I didn't ask for tribulation. He said, I know you want patience. Lord, bring tribulation. And she stopped him again. She said, Pastor, what are you doing? She said, he said, well, the Bible says that tribulation works patience. Isn't it true that we can feel the most patient person until a challenge comes? Yeah? We can boast ourselves of being very, very patient until that patience gets tested. My friends, patience is not compromise. It doesn't mean that we don't hold in our hearts what is true. And neither do we... Stop speaking the truth in love. Patience is where we we see where each other perhaps are less than perfect, but we're not going to give up on them. We're not going to stop believing that we are still joined together as one with them. He says, bearing one another in love. Bearing one another in love. My friends, that doesn't mean putting up with each other. Oh, I think that's such a horrible phrase. I really do. You know, you can put up with a car that maybe judders a bit when you drive it. That's okay. But to put up with someone, I think, is, is just one of the most degrading things that we could ever express. I hate my kids in my class, so I just put up with them. Oh, come on. That's, that, that's... Anyway, 
Zip it up, Mr. H. We're not called to put up. We're, we're called to bear with one another in love, in patience, in long-suffering, with gentleness, in lowliness, embracing one another. And that bearing one another is not a soul connection. You know, sometimes we can connect with people on a similarity in, in our soul, in our feelings, in our thoughts, in our, even in our beliefs. And we connect on that level. When we do that, my friends, in a church setting, do you know what that actually segregates us? Because you have a little, a little group of people over here who have a soul connection on a set of beliefs, but you have another group over here who don't believe the same as these, and so they connect on the basis that they don't agree with this group. And then you've got another group over here at the back, and, and they're just, you know, the wild, uh, uh, demonstrative, dancing, clapping, shouting, praising worshippers, and, and, and they connect on that. But over here... Over here, we've got the quiet, sedate, more traditional uh, hymns, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And young men, don't, let us, don't get us singing the chorus three times, please. And we connect on this. It's called a soul connection. Yeah? That's not oneness. That's actually division. What we're called to unite on, or who we are, is Jesus Christ. And when we're united in him, we can still have all these differences and it doesn't separate us. Somebody please say amen. Because that is good news. Let's talk about the unity of the spirit. He says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Listen, it is the Holy Spirit who unites us. He is the one that baptizes. He immerses us into Christ's body. And he is the one that joins us. As we become conscious of our differences, so we surrender them to God. They don't become so important to us that we cannot be joined as one to our brothers and sisters. And it's the Holy Spirit. It is his power. It is his ability. It is his wisdom that we depend upon and rely on. So what do you do when you feel that there is something that is separating you with your brother or sister? Something they do. Something they say, something they believe, or maybe just the way they look. What do you do? Do you walk up to them and say, well, God has told me I've got to love you, so I'm going to love you, brother. Whether you like it or not. Do you do that? No, that probably is not smart. Because that's not in your heart. Do you, do you say, right, I'm going to try and love them. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to do my hardest. I'm going to go out of my way to be nice to them. That will do it. That will break it. I'm going to to buy them a gift. I don't really want to. 
but I'm going to buy them a gift and I'm going to show them that I really, really am trying to like them even though I don't like them. Does that work? Sounds silly, doesn't it? But we've all done it. No. This is what I think the Holy Spirit will help us to do. Say, Holy Spirit, you know my heart. And you know that that person, man, I've just got a weakness in my heart where I struggle with them. Holy Spirit, you help me. You change my heart. You break that hard part of my heart. Because only you can join us. You see, what we're talking about is not... I'm going to go to the last point here, I think. The second point. We're not talking about the spirit of unity. We're not talking about there being some atmosphere. Some... some uh, fabricated atmosphere that we produce because we, we all put a smile on and we all try to be nice to each other even though we're struggling and we're trying to create this spirit of unity. We're not talking about a spirit of unity. We're talking about the unity of the spirit and that is completely different. The spirit of God There is one spirit. And yet there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You want to learn what unity really is? (laughs) You get to know God. And you have these three persons, yet one in perfection. And the Holy Spirit is unity. My friends, when we surrender and yield our lives, our hearts, our thoughts to him, whether it be in our marriage relationship or whether it be in our family or our church family, he is the one that empowers us and he is the one that enables us to know that true love and unity. He says, he says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Peace is not a feeling. Hmm? Peace is not a feeling. You can feel at peace. You can feel peaceful. But real peace is like the real joy that God gives us. We talked about this on Christmas Sunday. It isn't something we feel as an experience. Peace. It's something that God works in our hearts. And that peace comes when we are ultimately one with God. Separated from God, our hearts will never be at peace. You can be a supporter of CND, a campaign for nuclear disarmament. You can be, you can be promoting world peace. You can do anything physically, naturally. But if you're not one with God, you don't know that peace. But because we are made one with God in Christ, also in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we in our relationships with one another can also know that bond of peace that joins us. 
You see, we don't force ourselves together. I've got to love you because you're a brother or sister in the Lord. No, we let the Holy Spirit form that bond between us. One in Christ Jesus. You see, one describes the church. One body, one spirit, one call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. One describes the church in all its incredible mosaic of, of different parts. God calls it one. Not equal, but one. Let me say it this way, my brother, my sister. I am one in Christ with you. You are one in Christ with me. We are one. One. Just as there is one Lord, we are united in one Christ. There is one Spirit, one Holy Spirit, Who is unity. My friends, God never ever had one thought that the church would at any stage, at any time, become fragmented, divided, separated, segregated. And I pray that he will, by his Holy Spirit, work this revelation of one in us. So unity Unity is sometimes thought to be something that we only ever experience when we all agree with each other. My friends, that's not true. When we only ever do things in exactly the same way. Now, that's not true either. And if it was, your body would be a monster. Because instead of listening, your ear would try and look. And instead of walking... Your elbow would try and walk. Can't do it. It's not designed that way. Unity is not about all being exactly the same. Unity is about having the heart, the, the revelation that with you I am one. Inseparable. One with you. Last point. God in us. The Bible says that There is one Father, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. It's obvious, but it's got to be said. We are not all serving different gods. Our appreciation of Father God in our relationship with him, it may be at different places. Right now, you may be experiencing that firm, strong, unwavering love of God that seeks to break any hardness of your heart. Your next door neighbor may be just basking and bathing in his incredible, unconditional grace and love. And you say, I think we're serving different gods. No, we're not. It's one God. And my friends, listen. God is in you. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. There is a doctrine, there is a teaching that that is 
infiltrating into the body of Christ that talks about segregation and separation and disunity and says that it's all right, that is empty deceit and it is human and false philosophy. Don't let anyone cheat you with that according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Listen, and you, we, the church, I, one, the church, the body of Christ, we collectively together are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Your notes say Ephesians if they're in English. The Korean ones are correct. (laughs) The English ones say Ephesians. That should say Colossians. I made a mistake. We are complete in him. How can we experience this completeness, this oneness? By yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit and to this knowledge, this truth, that because we are united in him, one with him, it is in him that we will sense and experience and know this completeness, this oneness. My friends, I pray that these words of God, which is what they are, that they, they root themselves in our hearts. And I pray that as we next Sunday launch into integrate and, and our church services is, is enlarged and, and, and stretched as all the beautiful children and young people come and join us. I pray that we will s- maintain these truths that God is speaking to us, not just amongst our adult relationships, but that we will embrace our younger brothers and sisters as such, as one with us, and see ourselves as one in Christ together with them. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is always true. It never changes. Father, you are constant. You are eternal, as is your word. And Father, we pray that as you speak it to us, that it will come to take root in our hearts and that it will live, it will become that living word, that it will bear fruit in our lives that we will not just think of ourselves as one with one another, as one church, one body, one spirit uniting us. But God, that would be so in our hearts as well. And that out of our mouths as we speak and through our bodies as we act and we react and we respond, so that truth will be seen that God, you may be glorified. We praise you in Jesus' name.